Welcome to Data Access Golf, your home for rapid golf improvement. And now, from the thin air of the Rocky Mountains, next on the number one tee, your host, Aaron Stewart. Hey everyone, Aaron Stewart, Data Access Golf, the show, right? So, the show, thank you for joining me today. We're going to go live, do all that fancy stuff again. It is, for those of you that have followed me on the podcast, it is a Data Monday. So today is the day we get together and talk about the uh, tournament that was and who won it and all that good stuff. Uh, we usually just talk about the PGA Tour on Mondays and then we'll get into the LPGA and, uh, and the Champions Tour later on in the week. But So today we're going to talk about the Memorial Tournament, how that ended up. Um, first want to say congratulations to Lee Six who won the U.S. Women's Open. Good for her, um, especially after all the comments by one Hank Haney, who is no longer, um, well, maybe he's going to do like a, a crappy podcast, uh, you know, YouTube program like I do. He could do that, right? Nobody's stopping him doing that. So, but anyway, so congratulations to her. Uh, that was uh, fun to watch. A lot of good golf there and um, got some footage from that and some really interesting uh Learned a lot of interesting stuff about golf swings by watching the LPGA this weekend. So, good stuff there. But let's jump into the Memorial Tournament. Obviously, played the week of the uh, of the Memorial holiday. And uh, thank you to all our all those who have served to keep us safe and uh, give us um, this opportunity to be free. Thank you to all of you. But this uh, this week is one where we get to visit uh, in Ohio and see how Jack Nicholas's um, courses come through the winter and it looked fantastic and played really well. It was uh, very similar, it usually is very similar to a major caliber test of golf. And uh, so a lot of interesting things happened this weekend. We saw Martin Keimer resurge, right? We haven't seen him do one thing forever. And then all of a sudden he's back and looking good. We can get rid of that. And so that was pretty cool. And uh, then Patrick Cantlay coming out of, no, I mean, nowhere, what, four strokes back or something just to come and play an amazing round of golf, a final round 64, lowest ever at the Memorial in the final round to get it done. And it, it wasn't, he made it look a lot easier than it was, that's for sure. So what we then do is, well, so we'll look at the champion here. We're going to see if we can learn something here. We'll take what they've done for the tournament and we'll also compare that to our benchmarks. And our benchmarks for those that are getting just to join us are those we basically looked at um, the PGA Tour averages from 2018 and we've created a very reasonable set of benchmarks that we can use to compare our game. And that's essentially what I use, what I've been using to build out this uh, app that will be out hopefully sooner rather than later. Had to make a few more adjustments to it. Uh, just to make sure that it's as helpful as possible and as simple as possible to use. I I can't, there's so many golf apps out there right now that are just so convoluted and confusing. And, you know, it takes five minutes when you walk off a green to get all the data in there. I didn't want that. I wanted something that you could just have, you know, you just use your thumb and hit a few things and then you get the information that you need to get your game better. Not completely geek out and go into the stats like sometimes we do, do here on a Data Access Monday. Um, uh, a data Monday, but, but, but enough data where we can make sure that our games are in good shape and that we're working on the right things. Okay, so that was the whole goal of the app. Super simple, but super helpful. 
Uh, and, and we do that by looking at these benchmarks. So we'll run through a couple cool little uh, informational pieces to get to know Patrick Cantlay a little bit better. He's had an interesting career for sure. Uh, so we'll talk a little bit about that, then we'll get into the statistics and we'll look at the money and see how, uh, how he compares now to those that have made a lot of money over the years on the PGA Tour. So let's jump right in. Now, normally uh, when it was the podcast, I would just look at these super hideous spreadsheets that I would fill out in the morning or at, uh, at night when the tournament was over. But because now we are on video and going live and doing the YouTube and all that, I've tried to create a quick and dirty sort of presentation, kind of a whatever thing that hopefully makes the data interesting to look at as well as I talk about it. Uh, so those that are on the podcast will just still have me talking about it. And those who decide to go and watch the show on YouTube or here at Facebook Live in the video section on our page, and please subscribe to our Facebook page, our YouTube page, our podcast, follow us on Instagram. We're doing a lot of fun stuff on Instagram right now. So either one of those places, search for Data Access Golf, you'll find us. But so I am going to throw up on the screen now, or at least put on the screen now, a, um, a series of screens and we'll talk about the data that mattered and got it done for Patrick Cantlay. So let's do that now right here. And I used, you know, there's this, I did this little intro that I, I don't like. I'm getting another intro done that will be better. And normally on the podcast, I apologize. On the podcast, I normally say something like, Patrick Cantlay getting it done at the memorial. Let's check out the data that matters and see how he got it done. Let's tee it up. And then we play some sort of music and then we go in. I'll try to get back to that once I get uh, this video back from a gentleman in Pakistan who has been working very hard for me to get a, a new video intro done. And it, it looks really good. I just had a couple little changes and so should have it by the next one, whenever that is. Uh, so, and then I'll try to get back into the swing of things so the podcast folks aren't confused by my, yeah. The video throws me off and I don't really remember to do all that. Where podcast, what, I had 120 of them down. I got pretty good habit going. So anyway, let's just jump right in to look at these videos. So you look at these uh, screens so you don't have to watch me talk anymore. So we'll bring that up really quick now. So hopefully you can see that. I'm going to get rid of that so we don't have to look at this anymore. Oops, not that one. Oh, not that one, that one. Okay, we're good. Okay, so a couple quick facts about Patrick Cantlay. He was an amazing amateur golfer. He was ranked number one in the world for 55 weeks, over a year, as the number one amateur in the world. He won a few awards. Uh, well, let's see. As far as the PGA Tour goes, he's won at the Shriners Open last year in 2018 at the start of the year, right? And then has won the Memorial this year. Kind of cool. He has also won the Jack Nicklaus National Player of the Year Award when he was at UCLA. He played two years and then left school and to try to make it out on the PGA Tour. He also won the Haskins Award, which is the top amateur award. Well, I don't know. Some would say it was the Jack Nicklaus Award, like Jack Nicklaus. I think he would say that the Jack Nicholas Award is by far better. But anyway, so, but that is kind of what, uh, actually, you know what? There's a way to do, I'm not gonna worry about it right now. I think there's a way to do, uh, I don't know. We're not gonna worry about it. So, um, and then won the Haskins Award. And then recently this year, he has been trending up and doing really well. 
he finished third in the 2019 PGA Championship, the one you know that Brooks Kepka just won. So he has been playing well. One of the cool stories to come out of this is that Jack Nicholas has taken some interest in Patrick Cantlay because he had some struggles. He had some back injuries, had to take a, a major medical exemption. Um, he, was, he, he didn't play for two solid years, which was pretty amazing. Um, he lost his, he lost his, um, he lost his caddy to, uh, I just got a message from my dad that I need to talk to him ASAP. So, um, we'll just keep going and then hopefully dad doesn't call and if he does call, I'll call him back. Sorry, dad. We've got to right in the, we're live. So I got to keep going. Um, but so he had some struggles there. So Jack Nicholas reached out, obviously knew him from presenting the award to him and, uh, and then gave him some advice for this tournament. And the advice was try to have fun. And Jack Nicholas was a very serious personality, obviously, when he played. And so he just told Patrick to go and have a little fun. And, and then mentioned, he was in the booth and mentioned while he was watching him play, that that's the first time he's seen Patrick smile on the golf course. So whatever it, whatever it took, it worked. Patrick's been trending in the right way. He has been playing some good golf, obviously winning in 2018. And now again at the Memorial. So those are just some fun little facts on him. We're going to jump now right into, I tried to click on the wrong one. We're gonna jump right into what we do first is we look at what this win did for Patrick. And so we look at first at the, the world golf rankings. He was ranked 15th going into the tournament. He is now ranked in the top 10, number eight in the world. And then for FedEx Cup, he was ranked number 12th and jumped up to sixth. So some pretty good movement there for Patrick for the year. It also puts him right in the running for the President's Cup team, right? That win right there, so. Okay, next thing we like to do is move into what I call the consistency rating. And what this consistency rating, um, how we get to it is we look at how many tournaments they've entered and how many cuts they've made, and then that gives us a consistency number. So in the case of Patrick Cantlay, you'll see over underneath consistency rating, he has been in 78 events and he has made 63 cuts, which is pretty amazing that, I mean, two years he didn't play. And he's such a talent. And his, so his consistent, consistency rating is 81%. And so you can see here I have this consistency scale listed over there. And this is something that's just me. It's something that I've come up with, but I like. And I, I rate players. I've, I'm always wondering, I'm always trying to figure out how to compare players one to another, right? You hear like a Matt Kuchar and then you hear like a Jason Day and you're trying to figure out how they all fit into each other and how good they actually are. And I do that based on consistency. And so we have like a legend category, which is Tiger Woods. He's the only one. And I only really, this year, I've only really looked at those who have won tournaments. Okay, so in the legends category is Tiger Woods. He's the only individual who is in the 90% tile, right? He is, he is 91%. He makes 91% of the cut, 91% of the cuts. 91% of the time he makes the cut. I guess that's a better way to say it. And then we have this level that I call elite. And those that have won this year, and they're ones who have made the cut 80% of the time or higher, and, but not quite 90%, right? So that's, that's um, Brooks Kepka, Roy McIlroy, Francisco Molinari, Dustin Johnson, Phil Mickelson, Justin Rose, and Pat, now Patrick Cantley with the 81% there. And so I will start displaying this screen from now on. I used to just talk about it. Um, as far as solid players, those that finish in the 70-79 uh, category, J.B. Holmes, uh, Kev Mitchell, uh, Casey, uh, Paul Casey, those are the guys that have won this year that fit into that category. Um, good players, Kisner, McDowell, Pan, Palmer, Na, 
Those are the guys that have won this year that fit into that category. And then the card question mark is those that are 59% or below, you're wondering if they're, you had to wonder whether they would be able to keep their card or not, but they have won right now. So they've got some exemptions, so they will keep their card. But anybody who has, you know, makes a cut less than 59% of the time is, is usually in trouble to keep their card. These three individuals, Connors, Homa, and Kang, actually won, right? So they're going to be okay. But anybody else, when you take their consistency number, if you look at the number of tour events they've been in and then you divide it by the number of cuts they've made, it will give you a number. And that's how I kind of look at them. So if you're ever wondering how somebody compares to one another, really the quickest and dirty, a quick and dirty way to do it is to just pull up pgtour.com and look at their um, tournament versus cuts percentage, and that will give you an idea of where they kind of fit in all here. So Patrick Cantley now has become, he is an elite player. 81% now of his cuts made and now two wins under his belt. So, okay, we'll move into the next portion of our review. This is the benchmark review. This is again what the app has been created to monitor for us. And we essentially look at what the player did for this particular tournament versus what they averaged for the 2018 season. And we look at the entire season. It's just the best way to get the most consistent data. Obviously, like a person like Patrick Cantlay and some of the others, they are trending better. And when we, next year, when we look at the 2019 numbers, we'll take those into consideration. So um, let's look at, so driving accuracy for the tournament, um, Cantlay hit 68% of his fairways. Uh, normally in 2018, he averaged 62%. So his driver was very kind to him and Memorial was tough. Now it was a little softer, but Memorial is a tough place to drive the ball. So 68% is super solid. Our benchmarks for our own game, and really for any player out there, is 55%. If you're hitting 55% of your fairways or higher, then your, then your drive game, your accuracy is tour quality. Don't worry about it, okay? Don't, don't waste time. Don't sit on the tee, don't sit on the practice tee and hit a million drivers if your driver's okay. Hit a few, make sure you keep it up there, but I mean, golf's like herding cats. So we gotta make sure that we're working on, you know, the cats that are furthest away, the ones that have been running the longest. We wanna get those and get, kind of get them corralled back in. The uh, players who hit less than 55% of their fairways, just to let people know there's, I've always, I always get some pushback is, how do I know these benchmark numbers are good? Well, I do that by showing you the types of players who don't hit these numbers quite yet, right? Who, and we've got a Rory McIlroy, Phil Mickelson, and Tony Finau. They do not hit 55% of the fairways, or they didn't in 2018, okay? So that's how that benchmark fits, up, uh, fits in. Greens and regulation, Patrick Cantlay hit 69% of his greens and regulation. In 2018, he hit 71%. So he's three point, two points lower than his average, but again, Memorial is a tough place to play. And he got the win. So he did very, very well. You'll see in his stroke skin numbers, he did super well, super well. Um, those that have missed, those who miss, those who hit fewer than 65% of their of their greens in regulation in 2018, Phil Mickelson, J Jason Duffner, and Patrick Reed, to name a few. Okay, sand saves. Patrick Cantlay was 86% out of the sand. That's a huge number. Amazing, truly incredible. Um, he averaged 54% in 2018, and our benchmark for that is 45%. I skipped the benchmark, didn't I? For Greens and regulation is 65%. And again, the app will have all these numbers for you. 
So 45% up and down for the sand is the benchmark. Those that do not get up and down more than 45% on tour in 2018, Tony Finau, Bubba Watson, and Gary Woodland. So we would say to these individuals, you should work on your sand game. And we would say to any of us who, have, who get up and down less than 45% out of the sand that we need to work on our sand game. If we do better than 45%, then let's find something else that we're weaker, weaker at and let's work on that. Not that I see a lot of people ever working on their sand game, right? So, okay. All right, um, for strokes game putting. In 2018, and, and this, this definitely helped Patrick this week. In 2018, he lost um, 0.1 0.2 essentially strokes to the field in putting but in the memorial he picked up a stroke every round um, which is great he picked up a stroke on the field in putting right so he's one stroke better than the field in putting which again very good for him and got and got it done a full stroke better than he did um, than he averaged in 2018 now for scrambling we don't actually get scrambling numbers per tournament so we actually just look from the data that we get from this point forward is just 2018 numbers, but we look at them anyway for our benchmark. So scrambling, Patrick Cantley in 2018 was 58%. Our benchmark is 55%. Okay, Adam Scott, Gary Woodland, and Jason Kokrak are individuals who did not average 55% uh, or higher in 2018. Okay, so that's a, good that's a good number. Are you getting up and down around the green 55% of the time or more? If you are not, then that's where we would need to practice. That's where we, re re we would recommend practicing. Now, Patrick, Patrick so far, and all the benchmarks so far, he is in the green, right? So he doesn't have to work on those parts of his game to have what we would call a tour quality game. And he obviously does have a tour quality game. But here's some interesting stats. In putting in 2018, from 20 to 25 feet, Patrick made 7.84% of his putts. From 20 to 25 feet, our benchmark is 9%. So that is the first place where Patrick did not uh, meet the benchmark. So we would say, okay, 20 to 25 footers, and now you've got 15 to 20 footers. He made 15.70%. Our benchmark is 17%. Uh, 10 to 15%, I mean 10 to 15 footers, he made 33.5%. Our benchmark is 28%. From five feet, he made 78%. Our benchmark is 80. So again, we would say, okay, putting seems to be where he struggles a little bit. Putts per round, 29.8 putts per round. Our benchmark is 30, so he's right on the cusp there. Now, as we've been discussing, to simplify our putting, to make it as easy as possible, we're gonna get, I'm gonna actually be taking these benchmark numbers, we'll probably keep looking at them, but really to practice your putting, if you get to a point where, where you realize that you're putting, that you're struggling with your putting, and it's really gonna be just putts per round, we are going to change how we then work on our putts. And essentially, what we're going to try to do is make sure that we work on, if we have to work on our putting, we're gonna focus on five footers and in. And we are going to just, we're gonna circle a hole and make five footers and in, and practice those ad nauseum. We are going to get so good at five footers. We are going to get so good that the hole looks like a trash can. And we are going to get so good at putting from five footers, from five feet and in, that we are ultra confident. What does that do for us? Well, it's going to help us around the green 
as we chip to try to get it within. Now we're not trying to hit a hole, we're just trying to get it within a five foot circle because we know chances are very good. We're going to be able to make that putt, right? That, that's awesome. And then on top of that, we want to, and then also when we have long putts, when we have log, lag putts, so 20, 25 feet and greater, we want to make sure all we're going to have to do is try to get that ball within five feet. So after we've practiced our five footers and in for as long as we've got, and I would definitely hit some always before you go out and play, right? The, the putting green's usually right there next to, the, next to the tee. So hit a few, roll a few putts, and then practice your lag putting. And all we're trying to do with our lag putting is get it within five feet. If we can get it within five feet and we've practiced our five feet and in putts like crazy, we know that we're gonna get up and down. That will do more to improve our putting game, game than really anything else. I think we'll keep looking at these putting uh, statistics just because it's kind of interesting to see how the players are doing. And in this particular case, there are three areas in which Patrick could work on his game. But if we go and, and, and they'll probably break it down and work on 20 to 25 footers and 15 to 20 footers and five footers. But for us, we need to work on our five footers and then work on our lag putts to get within five feet. If we just simplify it to that much as amateurs, we don't have time to waste at the golf course putting for four hours a day. So this is the best way to do it. This is the most efficient and best way to do it. So work on your five, I mean, in your office, wherever. Let's make sure that five feet and in, we are solid. We are so confident. Okay, so those are the that's the bench part review. Patrick Cantley obviously did really really well. Um, he putted better than he normally puts. He hit um, more fairways than he normally hits. He hit less greens in regulation, but that all evens out because there's some greens that are huge out on the PGA Tour. Um, his sand game was incredible at 86 percent. So we can kind of see how he got it done this week. It was really about off the tee and strokes. His strokes gain obviously. He won, but the interesting thing about it, I was looking at his stats. He, he was not first in any strokes gain category the entire week. Adam Scott actually was um, ahead of him in strokes gained tee to green and strokes gained off the tee. He was ranked first, but Adam didn't do so well in the putting category and that's where Patrick kind of got him a little bit. Okay, now we're gonna move into the money. This is kind of the fun part, uh, at least for me. I think, it's, I think it's very interesting to see how the money changes their lives a little bit. And I've added a new sort of a money, money per cut number here that we can kind of look at. And this is just for people that have won this year. But again, it's kind of fun to kind of, it's kind of fun to see how this all works out. Obviously, the people that are more consistent make more money per cut, right? You don't make anything if you don't make the cut. So anyway, for the tournament here, the memorial for Patrick Cantlay's victory, he picked up $1.638 million. His score was 269 strokes. So he earned himself $409,000, $409,500 per day. Or $81,900 per hour, assuming a five hour round. Or $6,089 per stroke, right? For those 269 strokes. Now for his career, Patrick now has gone over $10 million, almost $11 million. So $10,935,000 is what he's earned over his career. And he has made 63 cuts that we talked about earlier today. So he makes, on average, $173,579 per cut. 
And where does that rank him then with everybody else? It puts him on the list of winners this year in 11th place, that $173,579. In first place, if we, and again, I just do these numbers when somebody wins. So Tiger Woods leads this list. He has made, his career money is $118 million. He has made 322 cuts. So the, the, the amazing thing is that Tiger Woods has made so many cuts and this number is still huge. He's been doing it the longest out of, out of this, these six people that are on this list, the top five for the year. And he still has the biggest number. That's unbelievable. So Tiger makes, on average, $367,000 every cut he makes. Roy McIlroy is in number two position. He makes $334,000 per cut. Dustin Johnson, $293,000 per cut. Justin Thomas makes $273,000 per cut. Kind of a surprise there. I didn't expect to see Justin Thomas up there. And Brooks Kepka is in fifth place at $256,000 per cut. Again, Patrick Cantlay moves right in there at $173,500 per cut, and he is in 11th place of, those, of players who have won this year. So very cool stuff. And then last but not, not least, I thought this was sort of interesting. So Patrick Cantlay right now is, is having a great year. Um, third at the PGA and now winning the, the Memorial. But a couple things that I noticed on the PGA, um, PGA Tour stats page is that Patrick Cantley actually leads in two categories. He leads in scoring average, which he, he averages 69.164 uh, for his scoring average, and he actually is leading in um, driving accuracy at 69.20%. So he leads the tour in two pretty important categories, which is kind of nice, kind of cool. So great job for Patrick Cantlay. I've got some strokes gain numbers, but it looks like this show has been going on for quite some time right now. So we'll go ahead and we'll go ahead and get back to the camera here. So yeah, we're 25 minutes into it. So we'll wrap it up right now, but congratulations to Patrick Cantlay. Hopefully those numbers are helpful to you. Hopefully these benchmark numbers are helpful to you. Just really quickly to review them again. Um, you need to be hitting 55% of your fairways off the tee. You need to be hitting 65% of your greens. You need to be getting up and down from the sand 45%. You need to be getting up and down around the green 55%. Um, and you need to be making about 80% or more of your five footers. So practice those like crazy. And then you just have to get your, your a chip or a sand out of the sand, you know, potential sand save or your first lag putt within five feet. And then chances are over 80% you're going to make that one. That will help your score immensely and hopefully take some pressure off this, 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 I don't know, this fear on the putting green, right? Just get really good at your five footers and in. So if you do get nervous at five feet and in, great. Let's just go practice those by far the most until they're comfortable. And then I would say until you're comfortable from five feet and in, you just continue to practice five footers. And then you can practice, you know, some lag putting and chipping and all of that. But really at this point in the seasons, you know, we're kind of getting started. It's the first part of June. Make sure that you are super comfortable from five feet and in. And practice those as much as you possibly can in the office, at, the, at, at home, 
it doesn't matter, on the driveway, but five feet in, let's make sure that we're super strong there and we take all, you know, all fear out of five feet and in and our games will get better on the green, guaranteed. So thanks for joining me today. Until next time, Aaron Stewart, remember, better data means better golf. Have a good time out on the links. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Data Access Golf with Aaron Stewart. Check us out online at dataaccessgolf.com, and we'll see you on the next episode.